Good morning, good morning. Won't you join me now in just a moment of prayer as we invoke and invite the blessed presence of our Father into this place. Oh God, all glory, honor, and adoration and praise belong to you. Prepare us through the active presence of your spirit to come before you rightly. Oh God, we implore you now to enlighten our understanding and purify our every desire. Quicken our wills and strengthen every right purpose. God now, move in this house. Anoint us afresh for kingdom service. Let there be no hindrance to our worship, no distraction in our praise, no hesitation in our hallelujahs. Direct this hour of worship to the magnifying of your name and to the enduring good for us, your children, for your servants through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Let the church say amen. Anybody happen to be in the house of prayer one more time? Can we bless the name of the Lord? Does anybody know God is great and greatly to be praised? We welcome you to these 8 o'clock services, to our live stream. We welcome you as well. We want you to make sure that you share with your neighbors that you're watching right now and make sure that they're watching along with you as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. This is Father's Day and certainly we give tribute to our earthly fathers, but we come this morning to magnify and worship our Heavenly Father. Anybody want to worship Him this morning? If you don't mind, won't you stand to your feet and let the praise team take us further in our worship experience. Come on, put your hands together in here. God made me. He made me who I am. Come on, let's give him glory this morning. Come on, God. God made me. He made me. Say it again. God made me. Stay right there. Say that again. God made me. Here we go, y'all. My soul says. 
like church in here. God made me. Everybody say, God made me. God made me. Oh, put your hands together in here. Give him glory. Good morning, K Chapel. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Father, it's once again, Lord, that we come just saying, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us. Thank you for making us in your image, dear Master. Lord, we thank you for bringing us out to Cade Chapel once again. My God. Lord, we just ask that you continue to look in on our sick and our shut-in, our bereaved families. Lord, look in on our young people as they're out during this summer season. Lord, we thank you for this day, this day that you've set aside to, that we honor fathers. Lord, we thank you for the men that you've placed in our lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you for those who stood in the gap, Lord, when fathers weren't there those mothers and stepfathers and grandmothers, all of those, Lord, that you've just placed here with us. And Lord, although we thank you for our earthly fathers, like the pastor said, Lord, we thank you for being our heavenly father. Mm. Our heavenly father who is in heaven but looks down low on us here on earth, Lord. My God. Our father who Pray, we man. can call on Pray, man. in a time of need, Lord. Yes, sir. Our Father who just loves us in spite of, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you be in this service, Lord. Bless our pastor, he's bringing the preacher word. And open our hearts and minds that we might receive it, Lord. And Lord, we just ask and pray that these blessings be accepted in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. We invite you to remain standing. Other worshipers are making their way in. We're ready to go into a deeper praise, amen. I think the words of the song say, all my praise belongs to you. Anybody want to give him your all? Anybody want to give him your everything? All of my praise, everything I've got. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give you all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my praise belong to you. Can we do that this morning? Give him praise. Give him glory. Prepare your hearts and minds for this worship simple song says awesome God awesome God you are mighty deliverer mighty deliverer you are my strength incredible God incredible God you are you're my protection you're my protection and my defense and my defense every day your grace All my praise. 
inside of you. I mean, if anybody's thankful to be here, if anybody knows that it's because the Lord is on your side that you're here today, if you're thankful for health, if you're thankful for strength, if you're thankful for another day's journey, if you know that if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you would not be here this morning. If you've got any ounce of praise left inside of you, why don't you stand to your feet and glorify him? For all of my praise belongs to him. All of my
the church say amen. Come on, put those sanctified hands together and give him the praise. That is due his name. Amen. Amen. And amen. We invite you to remain standing now for a responsive reading. Amen. Let us read together. Thy faith hath made thee whole. That's all. One more time. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Let us sing together our congregation hymn. Minister Music, won't you come and lead us and direct us in our congregation hymn for the morning. Faith of our fathers. time to sign up for our 2019 summer reading program that will take place here at Cade on June the 24th through the 28th from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Register in the Old Fellowship Hall or via the Cade Chapel app. Be sure to save the date for our upcoming pastor anniversary celebrations beginning with the Buckley Night of Stars, a unique talent review on July the 12th at 6 p.m. in the Willie Wright Family Life Gym. This event is free and all are welcome to attend as we fellowship and celebrate with our first family. And the pastor's anniversary worship service will take place on Sunday, July the 28th 
at 11 a.m. The theme is commissioned and committed. Be sure to mark your calendars for all of these upcoming events. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for any upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab in K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. Let the church say amen. And so you certainly keep all of the just made announcements in mind and govern yourselves accordingly. We do want to let you know that uh, we did receive uh, a wedding invitation of Lindsay Michelle to Trevon Cortez-Jones. Uh, this is the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Lewis uh, M. Gaines, and they're requesting the honor of our presence uh, at their daughter's wedding. That will be Saturday, the 3rd of August uh, at 2.30 in the afternoon in Fondren Hall, 4330 North State Street. And so we ask that you keep that uh, to be married couple in your prayers as God will certainly honor uh, their commitments to each other. Also keep Brother Kenneth Williams in your prayers who has gone back into the hospital that he is asking for the prayers of his church. And certainly we know that the prayers of the righteous still avail much. Amen. Amen. We want to recognize our visitors, all of you who are visiting with us. If you're not a member of K-Chapel, won't you stand to your feet? You don't have to say anything, but we want to recognize you and make sure that you know that you're welcome here at K-Chapel. All visitors, won't you stand? God bless you. God bless you. Look around, K-Chapel. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we want to thank you for coming. Whenever your schedules allow, won't you come again? And we want to give you something you can only get right here at K-Chapel. This is our fellowship here. Reach out and welcome your neighbor. visitors we want to welcome our newest members and so as we continue to welcome we want to invite now our newest members to receive the right hand of fellowship sister Marquise Cassie, Jaslyn Loving and Edna Gates White if you're here won't you come down and let us give you the right hand of fellowship look at there look at there <laughs> come on let's receive the right hand of fellowship deacons mothers won't you join us as we welcome our newest members
power of Jesus' name. All hail. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth. of Israel's race. of the Lord. As you know, this is campaign season, and we at K Chapel take seriously our civic duty to be engaged in the political process. We have two candidates who are pre-registered with us who are going to come at this time and share with us their aspirations. They have two minutes each, one of whom I know personally. I'm particularly pleased to introduce her to you. She's a good friend of mine, Sister Jennifer Riley Collins. She's running for Mississippi State General Att Attorney General, y'all. Amen. And so we want to hear her this morning. God bless you. Come on. Thank you so very much, uh, Reverend Buckley. Uh, I am actually honored to be in this house this morning. I do count your pastor as a dear friend of mine. Uh, he and I were Kellogg Fellows together, and that is when I had the opportunity to get to know him. As he said, my name is Jennifer Riley Collins, and I am running to be Mississippi's next Attorney General. As I look around this church, I want to point out an obvious fact. I'm an African-American woman. It's the first time we've ever had an African-American woman run for the position of Attorney General. This is the first time we've ever had an African-American, period, run for Attorney General. The last time that we had an African-American sit in a statewide seat, that person was appointed and it was Hiram Rebels 149 years ago. When you all say it is time for us to have a seat at the table. That is why I am running, because I want to be the Attorney General for everyone, for all Mississippians. I was on the coast recently, and with all the other candidates on the other side of the ticket, I am the Democratic nominee, so if you're a Democrat, I ask that you vote for me. But by not, without fail, each of them got up and said, I want to be the Attorney General for conservative Mississippians. I don't really know what conservative is. I don't really know what liberal is. I will tell you I'm a child of God, and God said he is not a respecter of persons. And so I want to use the skills that he has given me to represent all, to make sure that the law is upheld by all. I have had the pleasure of working with Representative Alice Clark across the years. She has been a woman whose shadow I want to walk in. And so I will tell you again, my name is Jennifer Riley Collins. Vote for me on August 6th. Do what we do in the military and practice a little muscle memory. I'm a 32-year military veteran. And I ask that you, 
If you practice on August 6th, you'll get it right on November 5th. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Practice on August 6th. Get it right in November. Amen. God bless you. Also, Sharon Grisham Stewart, are you here? Sharon Grisham Stewart running for Hines County Coroner. God bless you. Won't you come? Good morning, Cage Chapel. All right, give an honor to God who woke me up this morning. Not just me, but every one of you all. I am Sharon Grisham Stewart. I'm here asking for your support of my reelection as coroner. 20 years ago, I was elected the first African American, the first female to ever serve as coroner of Hines County. I want to let you know that those 20 years have gone by so fast. Sometimes I think that it's because my days and my nights often run together. So what may have been 20 years to you all has been crunched into maybe five for me. Um, I wanna let you know that I am the best experience for this job. Like I said, I have 20 years of experience doing this. I have integrity. I have managed a budget of approximately $500,000 of taxpayers' money successfully for 20 years. I am respected among my peers. I have been elected the first African-American president of the Mississippi State Coroner's Elect I mean, Association. And that is an election amongst the coroners and the deputy coroners across the state of Mississippi. They chose me to represent them, to be their leader, and to represent you when it comes to death investigation for the state of Mississippi. I wanna also let you know that although death is what I do for a living, I do not wish death on anybody. I do what I can in the community to promote death prevention measures as an effort to help reduce untimely deaths of our children and others. Amen. Again, I am here asking for your support for my reelection. God bless. Sharon Grisham Stewart, Hines County Coroner, August the 6th. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you both for coming and sharing with us this, on this morning. We certainly pray for uh, God's blessings upon you as you continue in your candidacy for your various offices. Now there's one other thing we have to do. It's giving time, y'all. Amen. And that, that's something we love doing here at K Chapel because we know that through our giving, we are honoring God. We're obeying his word. We're also seeing God do his handiwork with us and through us as we give liberally to the kingdom of God. And so we invite you now to prepare your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings. One of our ministers, won't you come now and give us a spoken word as tithers are preparing their gifts. Also, live streamers, uh, you can worship with us in this giving experience as well. You should be seeing a number on your screen right now. We invite you to text and give to that number. So so that you can be a part of this worship experience as well. The ushers are here. Tithers are preparing themselves. One of our ministers come and give a spoken word. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. This is God's word for God's people. All honor goes to our God. time we want to invite up one of our good friends. He was a clinician at our Martin Luther King uh, workshop that the Voices will present every January. Um, Minister Harvey Williams, and he's a good friend of the church, a good friend of the family, and actually his brother plays for us at the 11 o'clock service, Brother Chris. So Mr. Harvey, would you come forward please and just bless us, give us a, a blessing for today. Happy Father's Day to everyone. If you'll just clap your hands, we're going to celebrate the Father of all fathers. His name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Come on, let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate our King. He's the ruler of everything. Let's lift his name on high. Come on, Zion. We praise our King. Let's celebrate our King. He's the ruler of everything. Let's lift his name on high. Come on, Zion. We praise our King. Come on, clap those hands.
Let us bow our heads. We pray this morning to a great God, the Father of all fathers, the creation of all nations, the one who said, let there be, and it was. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this Father's Day. And Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. And Lord, the blessings that we offer back to you, we pray that you multiply them over and over. These precious prayers we do pray. And I darling Son, Jesus Christ's name, forever. Amen. Amen, amen. He is a great God. Amen. Amen, amen. Is Sister Carolyn available? Sister Carolyn, is she here? Amen. Sister, I got a note. Sister Carolyn White. There she is. All right. Here she is. God bless you. Come on quickly. Come on quickly. God bless you. Amen. 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 That's a usher. She's doing it quickly, too. I love it. I love it. I love it. Amen. God bless you. Kate Chapel, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Reverend Buckley, will you join me, please? On last Sunday, the Jackson District Women's Auxiliary held their annual fundraiser. The monies raised will be used to give scholarships to deserving high school seniors. Kay Chapel placed first place out of 21 churches participating. We raised $1,065. Amen, amen. And on behalf of the Jackson District, I would like to present you this token of appreciation amen. for your constantly supporting us the mission. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Also, I'd like to just a special thank you to the Senior Usher Board and the Youth Department for assisting us in reaching our goal. A heartfelt thank you to the women of the mission for accepting the challenge uh, issued by the mission. And I thank God for each of you.
feel about it, but I'm glad God meets us in sacred spaces and blessed places. And we can come to a place like this, though burdened down, we can lay them down. And no matter how you came, you can leave a different way. Anybody glad of the good news of Jesus Christ that in him we are new creatures, old things are passed away, all things shall become new. Thank God for his presence in this place. Amen and amen. God bless you. Won't you stand? We invite you uh, to share in this word of affirmation as we prepare for the word of God. Won't you repeat these words after me? I'm about to hear God's holy word concerning my life. My mind is focused. My ears are open. My heart is ready. My soul is thirsty. Now, if you will, take this finger right here, point it right at me, and say, now, preach, preacher. I'm going to do the best I can. Won't you remain standing? Join me. Join me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. These words are recorded. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father. That's enough right there. Our Father. Our Father. Father, as you and your spirit are one. Please allow your servant, your word, and your wisdom become one. That we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, the lordship of your son. I trust you now for preaching, so guide my mind and my mouth for just a few moments that I may be able to think your thoughts and clearly articulate your words. Touch, strengthen, and save in accordance to your will for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for just a few moments. I want to talk from the subject this morning, our Father. Our Father. It's been said that fathers have an unfair disadvantage from the very start. For nine months, known as the gestational period, the baby is slowly growing inside of the mother and an intimate bond between mother and child is taking place. In that wonderfully sacred space of a mother's womb, the inward parts where God fashions each of us, mother and child learn each other's movements, rhythms, and even something of one another's personalities. In that sacred space of a mother's womb, God does the miraculous work of fearfully and wonderfully making each of us in his image and after his own likeness. In the sacred space of a mother's womb, we are stamped by the fingerprint of the infinite. And for nine months, the baby eats when he wants, sleeps when he wants, is carried around everywhere. And then the child is born. It's taken away from that warm, comfortable place that he or she has known for nine months, slapped on the bottom, made to cry, and then given to a stranger and said, now say hey to your daddy. It's a setup. We have it hard from the very beginning, but slowly, as time goes by and as we spend time with the child, as daddy changes baby's diapers, as daddy feeds baby, as daddy plays silly games with baby, it does not take long for a bond between daddy and child to develop. A different kind of bond, but a bond nonetheless. 
Fathers can certainly have a hard go at it in today's culture, a culture that oftentimes seems complicit in causing the diminishing influence of fathers in their children's lives, or sometimes through public policy contributing to the very absence of fathers in the home. But we celebrate fathers today who have stayed the course, fathers who have kept the faith, fathers who have remained a steady and stabilizing force in the life of his family and his children. I recognize that this has not been everyone's experience. In fact, some have had very negative experiences when it comes to fathers. A lot of adult women have unresolved daddy issues that end up it being manifested in their marriages. A lot of adult men grow up with negative motivation, pushing them to be better fathers than their, their fathers were to them. Who can forget that scene of the Fresh Prince when Will is left behind by his father and, and Will makes a declaration to Uncle Phil that he's gotten this far without him and he'll get further without him, only to finally collapse in Uncle Phil's arms, crying out the question, why doesn't he want me? Fatherhood can be a blessing when done well, or it can become a great burden when mishandled, which makes it very intriguing that with all of the potential baggage that can come with fatherhood, that God chooses to reveal himself in Scripture as Father. Yes. There have been some recent debates and revised versions of the Bible that strive for a more gender-inclusive and gender-neutral language in Scripture, but all of the revisions and all of the re-edits that take place, one cannot get around the fact that Jesus prays to and teaches us to pray, Our Father. You can't erase that. Our Father. You cannot get around that. Our Father. You cannot ignore that. There is something significant that God chooses to be revealed as Father that we should not miss or misconstrue. Please understand. However, that God as Father is not a statement about gender. For God is spirit. God as Father is not a statement about biology. God is spirit. God as Father is not a statement about masculinity. God is spirit. But God choosing to be identified as Father gives us some valuable information about what God himself is like and what God expects from those who have been given the sacred privilege to be called a Father. And in this model prayer, Jesus says, when you pray, say, Our Father. If nowhere else... The scripture gives validation to the role and the presence of fathers. And God as father provides the best example for fathers to then follow. The first thing, the first thing, I'm not going to hold you long. The first thing that we should see in God as father is, first of all, his faithful example of unfailing love. His faithful example of unfailing love. Love. Jesus says, when you pray, pray our what? Our Father. And fatherhood should be an expression of unfailing love. John writes in 1 John 3 and 1, he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Look at that again. Look at that again. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. John says that God's love for us is such that, first of all, he claims us as he is. 
He's not trying to discredit his fatherhood of us. We are his. He doesn't need a Ricky Smiley paternity test Tuesday to confirm that he's our father. He doesn't need Mari Povich to run a DNA test to find out who the daddy is. He says, I'm their father, they're my children. And he's not trying to get out of it. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I wish y'all would wake up. I, I say he doesn't need a test. He's not trying to get out of it. He claims us as his. And he declares, you're mine. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. All of them are mine. And the beautiful thing, he is our father. That's good news. Because there are some fathers who don't mind making them. I'm going to get some water while y'all wake up. I say some of them don't mind making them. But don't want to be around for raising them. But God claims us. He identifies himself as our father and he identifies us as his children. We are not fatherless in this world. He is our father. We don't have to wonder where we came from. God made me. He made me who I am. He is our father. We don't have to look for validation. He is our father. He owns us as his own. He is our father. And it is his love for us that compels him to be known as ours and us as he is. Watch this. Watch this. Our father's love is unconditional. In other words, in other words, our father doesn't just love us when we're doing right. I wish I had some fathers who would talk to me right now. But he loves us when we're doing right. He, he loves us when we are not honoring his name. He, he loves us when we don't live up to the values and the standards of being his child. He loves us when, we are when our behavior is embarrassing. He loves us when we're, our ways are outside of his will. He loves us when we don't act like we know him. He loves us when we've missed the mark. He loves us when we made a mess. He loves us when we've fallen short. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about some of you. Some of you may not be able to appreciate this because you've never missed the mark or fallen short or made a mess of things and you think you're really easy to love because you're so good but for the rest of us the fact that he doesn't stop loving us when we know how wrong we've been when we know how far outside of his will we've strayed we know how low we've gone excuse us because we get excited to know that God still loves us he still loves me and being a father means that you recognize that sometimes, listen, being a father means that sometimes you recognize, being a father means that you sometimes recognize that a child is going to test your love. Uh, I can't get no help right there. Uh, being a father means you recognize that a child at some point is going to do something that's going to test your love it means that you understand that there are going to be some moments when you are exacerbated by that child's behavior. But being a father means that your love is never in question or questionable. For when you make love a gambling chip, 
and you put your love on the table of life. You're saying to that child that depending on his decisions, depending on her behavior, depending on how things go will determine if they have won or lost your love. And your love cannot be a token for which a child plays. Your affection cannot be a token that your child gets if they are good enough. Our Father loves us. And the Bible says in Romans 5 and 8 that God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us and puts on display his love so that it is not questioned or questionable. He proves that our behavior does not qualify his love because we've been right or we done right or we had a good week. No, whatever we do, God's... That's why Paul says, I'm persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate me from the Lord. I don't know how you feel about it, but, but I'm glad that nothing I do can separate me from my Father's love. I have some good days, but truth be told, I have some bad days. But my bad days cannot separate me from my Father's love. He loves me when I'm right. He loves me when I'm wrong. He loves me when I'm good. He loves me when I'm bad. He loves me when I act like I know him. He loves me when I think I've forgotten him. He loves me. He loves me. And he doesn't stop loving me. Even when it looks like I've stopped loving him. Our father. Our father. Our Father, our Father. Paul says that his love for us, watch this, his love for us did not start when we were born. You know how sometimes you see fathers and mothers, and they'll say, they're trying to wax poetic to a child. They say, when I looked at you, I loved you. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful sentiment. But God didn't have to see you to love you. Oh, oh, I can prove it to you. It's in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. What this says is that before God, even laid eyes on you he loved you before you were formed in your mother's womb he loved you while you were yet a spirit he loved you and loved you so much that he predestined you to be his child number two number two number two number two I'm hurrying number two seeing God as father Scripture also provides for us, by seeing God as Father, we see in Scripture a model of provision and protection. A model of provision and protection. Just a few verses before our text, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is giving instructions for how we ought to pray. He says that there are some people who just don't know how to pray. I ain't talking about nobody. 
Jesus says. He says some people, when they pray, they get up and they just start talking. And they use words that sound nice. They use phrases that sound theological. But really, he says, they're not praying to be heard of God. They're praying to be heard of man. And Jesus says that their reward is the fact that man heard them. Which is why he says that when you pray, don't do all your praying in public. When you pray, if the only time you pray is when you got a microphone, something's wrong with your prayer life. When, when you pray, he says, when you pray, go to your secret closet. And the father who sees you privately will reward you publicly. Wish I had some Bible readers in here. Yeah, yeah, Jesus says, don't, you, you don't have to pray long when you pray. Because Matthew 6 and 8 says, your father knows what you have need of before you ask. Our father, look at that, our father knows our needs. That's a provider, y'all. He, he knows what we stand in need of before we can even make the request from our lips. He already knows what's going on in our lives and understands what's required for our well-being. That's a father. He, he knows and is aware of the seasons of our lives. He knows where we're headed and what's necessary when we get there. He knows where we are and what's up the road. And before we even know, he's already aware and has made provisions for us. Can I help somebody? That's what a father does. He's not just thinking about today, but a father is looking on up the road. I wish I had a witness in here. Father is not just looking at what's going on right now, but a father is looking on up the road and making provisions down the road. Can't get no help in here. He, he, he's thinking, a father is thinking about that emergency repair that that son's going to call him about when he's in college. Father's thinking about that unanticipated expense. A, a father is thinking about that unforeseen circumstance. A, a father is considering that unfortunate situation because he knows that one day the need will come. And before you can even ask, a good father ain't got to go looking for it. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. A good father has made preparation. A, a good father has put something aside. A good father knows that the day is coming. And if I can't get to the bank, I can go under the mattress. Y'all ain't talking to me here. See, I'm talking about some good fathers. Good, good fathers may not have it in the bank, but they got it in a jar under the old oak tree. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Don't y'all go digging up y'all yards looking for it now. He got it specially marked. You ain't going to find it until you need it. There's something to be said of the anticipatory nature of a father. What a blessing it is to know, for a child to know, that in the thick of it, he can go to his father. Y'all don't hear me. What a blessing it is to know that come what may, if it really comes down to it, daddy got my back. Ain't no question, 
I know he'll move earth and heaven because he's my daddy. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And when you got a daddy like that, it ought to remind you that you're heavenly father. If you got an earthly daddy who loves you that much, how much more? Will your heavenly father take care of you? Do I have a witness in here? That's why Jesus says, in his model prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. We have a father who is a daily bread provider. Every day, dad is making a way for me. Every day, dad is making it happen. Every day, my daddy is putting food on my table. Every day, my daddy is keeping clothes on my back. Every day, my daddy is keeping a roof over my head. Every day, every day. Now listen, you, you're getting it confused. I thank God for this daddy who did it for 18 years, but now I thank God for a daddy who's doing it right now. When I couldn't do it for myself. Thank you, Dad. But now that I'm my own man with my own family and I know what it means to pray, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I got another daddy that I can call on. Is there anybody in this house who's glad you got a father that in the thick of things you can go to him and call on him, our father? I need you, our Father. I need you, our Father. I need you. <laughs> he's a provider. Jesus says, you don't believe he's a provider? Look at the birds. They don't do nothing but wake up. They don't sow seed. They don't reap seed. But the Father, is taking care of them. Do I have a witness in here? Jesus says, now don't you know if God is taking care of birds, that he'll take care of you. If God will see to the sparrows, he'll see about you. If God will feed the robin, he'll, he'll feed you. If God will take care of the mockingbird, he'll take care of you. Our Father, Our Father. Our Father. Listen, 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 y'all. Not only, not only is he a provider, but he's a protector. I'm wrapping it up here. He's a protector. First Timothy, first Timothy, listen. As fathers, as fathers, we have a model of fatherhood before us that promotes the idea of providing for families, but also protecting families. Protecting families. Now, the provision part, listen, please understand how serious God is about fathers being providers. 1 Timothy 5 and 8 says, but if any provide, not for his own home, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Do, do you hear me? God says, listen, I'm a father, and everybody who gets to be named a father I need you to understand your role and responsibility as a father. Wish y'all would talk to me in here. He says, I want you as a father to provide for your house. Do I have a witness here? And when we abdicate or forsake the responsibility, we are in fact in opposition to our Christian faith that we espouse and embrace. 
take care of your family. Fathers, take care of your families. That's the provider. But listen, he says, I also want you to be a protector. Psalm 68 and 5 says, Father of the fatherless, protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. Listen to that. The idea that scripture advances is that God is a father to those who don't have one. And he's, watch this, covering widows. That's protection, y'all. And it says, watch this, he settles the solitary, the, the, the solitary, the solitary in a home. He, he settles. In other words, he, he comes in and he makes things right. The lonely, he covers and keeps. He said, okay, what are you saying, preacher? I, I'm saying that as a protector, the father is the one who brings security and stability to the home front. I can't get no help in here. I say a father is the one who brings security and stability to the home front. I, I, I remember, I remember, and my brothers are here, they can testify to it this morning. I remember growing up and when, when we were at home with mama, everything was cool. We, we tried to do right and, 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 and we, we tried to, but, but when it got dark, I got scared. I just did. You know, I, I, I'd watch scary movies and them, them things would come back to memory. Jason and, and amen, Freddie. And, and we had two big windows at our front door. You look at them windows when it get dark. I can always see stuff just coming in after me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I could just see you, Freddie. I'm coming after you, boy. I'm coming. I'm coming to get. And, and everything, I was scared until I heard the back door open and close. And when the back door closed, I knew daddy was home. And as long as daddy was home, I mean, I thank God for mama holding it down till daddy got home. But when daddy got home, I could go to sleep. I wish I had a witness in here. Why? Because fathers bring security and stability to the home. Wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, yeah. And what we need to understand is that as providers and protectors, fathers are the ones, watch this, who come in and let children know everything's okay. Thank God for mothers. But fathers have been given that role and that responsibility to calm a child and let him know everything's okay. Because dad is home. Dad is home. And whatever is at that door got to come through daddy. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Whatever's outside, if it's going to come inside, it's got to deal with daddy. Are y'all hearing me? Listen, that's the spiritual nature of a father, not only to protect his children from physical harm, but to protect him from spiritual harm. Because please understand, the devil goes around roaring as a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's a thief waiting to rob, kill, and destroy. And while you want your children to be physically safe, I need some fathers who need their children to be spiritually safe. 
because there are some things on the outside that are waiting to come on the inside but I need a daddy who will stand at the door and will say if you're going to deal with my children you're going to have to deal with me if you're coming for them you're going to have to come for me I'm A father who will lay over his child and pray. That's the father I'm talking about. A father who will not only discipline his child, but will hold a child's hand and pray over him. That's the father I'm talking about. A father who will let a child know if it had not been for God on our side. I'm through. Here it is. I'm through. Y'all sure making me preach too hard. Here it is. Last thing. Last thing I want to suggest to you. Father, this provides. God as Father provides for fathers a dynamic display of grace and mercy. Okay, here it is. Story of the prodigal son. Y'all remember it. I don't have to tell y'all that, right? Y'all remember it? Okay, quick review. Boy comes to his father, says to his father, give me my inheritance now. Daddy doesn't argue with him. He gives it to him. Boy leaves home goes and spend all of his inheritance the Bible says on riotous living that, that means he was cutting up y'all he went to the big city with big lights and did everything he was big and bad enough to do with his inheritance and one day he reached in his pocket and was nothing there he, 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 but because evidently his father had put some kind of pride in it, he didn't immediately turn back and go home. He said, you know what? I'll get a job. Thank God for daddies who make children have a work ethic. He said, I'll get a job. And, and he went and got a job. And it wasn't the best job. In fact, it was an entry-level job. He was feeding pigs. And he started feeding the pigs and his stomach started growling because he hadn't had any breakfast. And he looked at the pig slop. Y'all remember pig slop, don't you? How many of you folk from the country? Okay, that's enough of y'all. Y'all ought to be saying amen more than y'all saying amen. He went to the pig slop trough and looked at the husks that the pigs were eating and he, st and he started to eat the pig food. And before he did, the Bible says he came to himself. It's something about being in pig pens that'll make folk come to themselves. When you've gone low enough and when you've suffered long enough, oh, thank God you'll come to yourself. He came to himself and said, you know what? I'm about to eat pig slop, but my daddy has more than enough. And he started practicing in his mind what he was going to say to his father when he got home. Daddy, he said, I'm going. I'm going home. He starts walking home, and while he's walking home, he's practicing. I'm going to tell my daddy that I don't even need to be a son. I'll be a servant. And I don't even need to sit in the house. I can sit in the barn. I can sleep in the barn. Just take me back. Just, I just need to be back in my daddy's house. And here's where I want to pick up the story, y'all. Can I read it to you? Luke chapter 15, verse 17 says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here in hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead. And alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. And they began to celebrate. Here it is, y'all. The father in this parable did not stand at the door with an eye of accusation when he saw his son. Now he ran and met him. He didn't say to his son, I told you, you were going to mess up. He didn't point his finger at him. He opened his arms to him. Can I tell somebody? Can I tell somebody? Because I don't know who this is for because you may be that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter who's been away. But here's what I need you to understand. You may have caused tension in the fellowship. But what this parable shows is that the relationship is still intact. See, the son messed up the fellowship when he left. But the father maintained the relationship while he was gone. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He messed up the fellowship when he took daddy's money and spent it. But the father maintained the relationship. And when he came home, he said, that's my son. I need somebody to understand that your sin and your mess-ups in life may have caused frisions and fractions in the fellowship, but God the Father is always still our Father, and he says to all of us, you're still my son, you're still my daughter. Welcome home! Good news this morning. Good news this morning. That he is a Father of grace and mercy that allows prodigal children to come back home. See, let me paint it clearly. Grace kept you while you were off in your far country. But mercy accepted you when you came back home. Grace and mercy. Grace covered you when you were living in darkness but 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 mercy said I'll leave the light home because he might come back tonight grace kept clothes on your back but mercy put a robe on you when you returned grace kept you from going hungry but mercy allowed the fatted calf to be killed grace allowed you to come back to your senses but mercy allowed you to come back home grace 
kept you when you couldn't keep yourself, but mercy said, I'll never take my hand off of it. And when he or she comes back, I'll say, welcome home. I don't know how you feel about it, but I thank God for grace and mercy. The grace and mercy of our Father, if you're here this morning, the doors of the church are open, which simply means this, that you may need to come back home. Maybe you've been in a far country. The good news is that the Father never stopped being your Father. And He's ready to welcome you back home. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Good news is that He already decided that you would be His child. And he loved you to, enough to prove it by letting his son die for your sins. And if you're here this morning, all you have to do is come saying, thank you, God, for letting Jesus die for my sins. If you're here this morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, coming for the first time or coming back home, the doors of the church are open. You come now. Thank you for grace and mercy. Your grace and mercy brought me.
demanded something about justice. Justice demanded that I, that I should die. But grace and mercy got involved. But grace and mercy said, oh no, oh no, we've already paid the price. I was blind. You see, I was, I was, was blind. But thank God, thank God I see. It was because grace and mercy, grace and mercy came along and rescued me. Your Anybody know I'm it? I'm living this moment. Anybody know it was mercy? Because of you. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you and praise. Say your grace. and mercy oh your grace oh pour me through amen we thank God for the message we thank God for the messenger Deacon Sam Thornton would like to make a statement to the church. Good morning, church. You know, Pastor Buckley, mm -hmm. I'm talking to both of the Buckleys. Bless you. Pastor Merritt. You know, sometimes they say, don't look back, go forward. But something, the knife sticks so hard sometimes in your heart, you can't help but look back. I want to say a story right quick, I'll make quick. Pastor Merritt then was the pastor. We met at Piccadilly's, and he had, we had dinner together on the day my daughter would have my daughter's funeral here that next day. Mm. And uh, that grace and mercy, mm. Sister Oprah Porter and Brother Stanley was on drums at that time. She said, Stanley, Sam said, well, the pastor had me on Saturday. He said, how do you want this funeral to go? Mm. That was my oldest daughter. She was 28 years old, y'all. Mm. And I said, I want it to be a celebration for the pastor. And on that very Sunday, I bet very Saturday, Oprah Porter, Sister Porter, she did the grace and mercy. And Stanley was not playing. She said, Stanley, go ahead, play the drum. Sam says, all right. God be the glory. Father, we thank you. For grace showing up in unexpected places. For mercy covering unanticipated situations. And even in the quiet of this moment, in our own individual ways, being reminded of how you came through. Thank you for being a father of 
unconditional love. Thank you for being a father of provision and protection. Thank you for being a father of grace and mercy. Now, O oh God, I pray your blessings upon all who have been called to the fraternity of fatherhood. Pray, O oh God, that you would bless fathers now to pour into their children, to be there, to care, to share, to provide and protect with a heart of selfless sacrifice, knowing, God, that if you did it for us, you expect us to do it for those you have given to us. And now, may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit. Rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth and forevermore. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.